see if it's live. Yay! So hello, 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 everyone. Happy Sunday night. My name is Alana, aka Afro Butterfly, and welcome back to Digital Green Book. Jing! As you know, this is an educational tech startup, but I have a specific focus in my heart to bring out the talent in black and brown communities and really highlight that we are not a monolith and there's a ton of amazing things that we do. I am so honored today to have Casimir Patterson on. Number one, extensive resume, blockchain credentials out the yang yang, and is probably one of the most technically skilled people in blockchain development that we have in our ecosystem today. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Casper, for being here today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. I took one look at your LinkedIn page and I'm like, I have to interview you. So how did you even get into blockchain development? Your background is like crazy. What made you do what you're doing now? Sure. So um, I got into blockchain back in 2011. I was an undergraduate student uh, studying computer science, technology and information systems at DePaul University. And um, at night, I would moonlight into cyberpunk uh, forums and so forth. And I ran across the Bitcoin white paper. Uh, I wrote an article about it uh, in the magazine. I was financial editor for, and I started mining on my two uh, MacBook Pros. This is early days when you could still mine on your GPUs and so forth. Um, so yeah, I, I was just really interested in the intersections of um, finance and computer science and um, now NFTs. But back then, it was just the idea of um, being able to have access to this public distributed ledger with uh, internet money that was tradable. And uh, it was just this novel idea that I felt it was the next, the next revolution. Hmm. I think that's so insightful because that's how it was really talked about informally when people would chat with each other about it as we were all trying to make sense of what blockchain is. Truth be told, we've been using blockchain technology for quite some time, but just in different applications. But now as Web3 is imminent, is is here, it's at the burgeoning edge of here, you know so many languages to help create that ecosystem. Like, could you touch on a bit about what exactly you do as a blockchain developer? Sure. Um, yeah, you're absolutely correct. Uh, the different technologies that Bitcoin and blockchain um, leverages uh, have existed for quite some time. You know, P2P sharing that's been around, um, you know, a lot of the other baseline infrastructure um, had been created, but that was the first time they all came together in a cohesive uh, ecosystem. And, um, you know, being in early, early uh, Bitcoin circles and meetups and conferences, uh, I started to realize that, hey, I wanted to be part of this revolution and build applications. And uh, so when Ethereum started to take flight around 2017 is kind of when I started to get into the community. I was living down in Santa Monica at the time. And so I went to this conference uh, out of Santa Monica and um, it was great. It was like so many cool people there. Um, so I, I actually had a friend of mine that had been part of um, the first consensus. Uh, this is before they had the courses or the classes or anything like that, but it was just a group of them who, who met in Dubai. And so um, I had just asked them to do a recommendation. So uh, I was actually part of 
one of the first uh, Consensus Academy um, programs back in 2018. So oh, wow. uh, I basically was in that program for about a year. Uh, and so 2019, I moved to San Francisco after I got my certification in, uh, you know, learning solidity is basically, I just self-taught myself, uh, just, you know, learning about JavaScript, ES6, um, some Python, like different languages, different, you know, different software building languages uh, that make up the, the Solidity Lang. But then, you know, Solidity has evolved and so have the different, you know, tooling and frameworks. Um, since then, a lot has changed, a lot has evolved, and, you know, the dev community's gotten stronger. I see. It seems like more hackathons are popping up. A lot of different community events are being pushed right now to help educate people who may be tech curious or Web3 curious to help invite them into the space. I know I saw a lot of that at Near Protocol, and there's a lot of different DAOs around that are really pushing to get people educated. So what's something that you would say now as far as the Web3 space that you see really transforming that makes you excited even more to be in this space with as much technical experience as you have? Um, while, you know, things are moving at such a rapid pace, it's like, you know, a quarter or three months in blockchain or Web3 is like, you know, a whole year. So mm. <laughs> things move at like a supersonic speed. But, um, you know, my personal time, I'm, I'm very much interested in, uh, you know, the interoperability of cross chains. Um, I'm also quite interested in uh, zero knowledge proof um, software and technology. I think that's like another really key missing piece to a lot of infrastructure. And um, yeah, like those, those are my two, my two interests uh, personally and then professionally, um, you know, I've been dabbling in a lot of other ecosystems such as Cosmos and hmm. Kusama and um, Scale, a few others, but a lot of the layer twos that uh, leverage in proof of stake I've never even heard of some of these <laughs> So I know my knowledge deficit, I need to pick up some things. That's so cool. Would you say that since you're concerned with interoperability and that's literally making blockchains that normally didn't have the ability to talk to each other, now be able to communicate with each other, are you feeling like things like Oracle solutions are not even going to be necessary anymore to have a specific portion of a crypto be able to pull in information from the outside world might not be as necessary if the two blockchains can speak directly. Um, I think it would depend on the particular build or the use case, you know, for some, certain things you have to, you might have to implement an Oracle, you know, if it's a price feed. So that's just, you know, one particular way of building that out. But, um, you know, I think that, Right now, we're still in the very early stages. I know there's been a few different um, like cross-chain bridges, and you know that that's pretty much what got me into auditing over the past, I guess, about a year and a half or so. Um, I've been delving into um, smart contract auditing, and so how you know, do you how do you get into that? What do you, what are your responsibilities with that? Um, so smart contract auditing is essentially you know the cybersecurity of uh, the blockchain or Web3. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the the same mistakes that happen in Web2, you know, we're repeating those mistakes, those mistakes all over again in mm -hmm. Web3. So, you know, you have a lot of attack surface area now with smart contracts in different languages, 
So each chain has, you know, a different way that they deploy and, and set up their uh, dApps and their different applications on their chain. So in between those, you've got APIs, API calls, or uh, big surface area. And then if you use, you know, a, a very, uh, I guess, like complex smart contract architecture, there could be a tax surface area as well. Wow. You know, I, it, it didn't even occur to me. I don't know why it didn't, but definitely if we're making mistakes in web too, some glaringly obvious ones, because you constantly have people needing their credit scores monitored <laughs> and things just from interacting with certain websites or using things. So there's big issues concerning security. It didn't even occur to me that that could scale into Web three. That's you know, we're seeing a lot of the, a lot of the similar things like phishing. You know, like I just had a client uh, reached out to me recently. Their mom had um, you know been fished on MetaMask, so now I'm having to track down the the culprit. And it seems like they had they had been doing this and are still currently doing this. So um, you know, this is a, a widespread thing. We're trying to recruit as many auditors as as we can because it's uh it's definitely uh a lot of attack surface area in web3 when you say you're recruiting auditors what skill sets do they need if they want to reach out to you and say hey i would love to help you audit um sure um you know familiarity with uh the protocols uh you know if you have a cryptography experience that's always uh, a good big big plus and um you know just someone who's curious who doesn't mind um staring at code or reading through documentation uh those types of skills are are also part of the job as well that's pretty cool so all right y'all if you're listening and that sounds interesting to you and you think you might be a good fit just inbox on linkedin reach out to casimir and see hey do you think i have the skills to do this the other thing I'm really curious about is what you're into now. Is there any particular project you're working on now? Yeah, actually, um, you know, since the merge on Ethereum, we're relaunching uh, Sneaker Cred and uh, we're creating this AR Sneaker Hunt game. Uh, it's a collaboration between myself and uh, Urban Electronics. And so uh, we demoed it actually at NFT NYC back in June in New York. So um, if you're actually in New York, you can play the game and um, it's in its alpha stage. So right now we've just been behind the scenes, um, working on things, doing some fundraising, and um, hopefully we'll be able to, to launch a beta version by Q1 of 2023. Let's go. What sort of uh, like equipment or even foresight goes into those sorts of games? When I think about when Pokemon Go launched, it, that was a massive undertaking and it, the map, the network was quite large. So since you have like an AR game where you can go out into the real world and hunt for your exclusive pieces, could you tell me a bit about what goes into all of that? Yeah, actually uh, quite a bit goes into it. Um, you know, I've been working on this project uh, and its evolution since around like 2019, even earlier than that. But I'd say uh, at least since uh, my Binance fellowship, back in 2019 is when I first demoed Sneaker Cred out to the public. And um, in 2020, early 2020, I was an incubator in San Francisco and um, we had the number one um, slot on OpenSea. Uh, you know, there was a bidding war going on over their sneakers. And, you know, we had a really strong, um, strong presence at NFT NYC. And, you know, 
once the pandemic hit, I'm sure like a lot of things, you know, kind of got out of control, got out of handle, but uh, I've just been knocking this out and working on the creative brief. I've had a lot of um, collaborations with folks. You know, I've had a lot of behind the scenes. I've been working over the past two years. A lot of projects that, you know, even have come out have had, uh, you know, my stamp on it or, you know, a piece of my creative brief from that. So I'm behind the scenes on a lot of things, even though I'm, I'm not always uh, pushing my projects forward. I'm consulting on different projects and so forth. You got to rep yourself, though. You got to rep yourself. So I'm definitely putting Cashmere's link down in the bio. So if you can go to 360nft.xyz, that'd be a that's great start if you want to. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's correct. So I spent... Uh, all of 2021 actually building out uh, 360 NFT as a marketplace. Uh, we launched with music first. This year we pivoted towards sports and uh, going into 2023, um, we'll have our sneakers domain where you can catch the new latest AR sneaker drops. Let's go. What sort of equipment do they need to use to interact with the game in, in real life? Oh, just your phone. There we go, y'all. And it's on Apple and Android? Yeah, we'll um, we'll be in the test flight store. So if you're interested, um, you can actually go to 360nft.xyz and just fill out the um, the waitlist form. And when you give us your um, email address, once we um, send out the test flight links, you can get a test flight link to it. How cool is that? Um, so I interview a lot of angel investors and VCs. Did you have a slide deck that you wanted to share? Yeah, actually I do. Perfect. How do I share it? Um, yep. Really? At the bottom, you should see share screen. Okay. Let's see share screen. Let's see. It's on the way. Just up here. Can you see the slide deck? Not Let just yet. Not just yet. Yeah, yeah there might be up. an. Hmm. Let me see. Oh, okay. It's asking me which one do I want to select. Okay, let yes. me select it. Okay. You must have two monitors. Yeah. Okay, can you there see my go. screen? Yes, I can. There we go. All right, I'm just um, getting my screen ready. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the name of the, of the AR game is called Sneaker Hunt. And uh, like I was mentioning earlier, it's a joint venture between uh, myself and uh, Urban Electronics, the gaming studio. It's going to be doing the um, distribution for it. And so um, it's AR NFTs redeemable for physical 3D printed sneakers in real life and at physical sneaker stores. Uh, myself, Casimir Patterson, I'm the CTO of Sneaker Credit Inc. John Wolf's at Urban Electronics. We met back in 2020 at NFT NYC. Um, always respected each other and just wanted to collaborate. So after NFT NYC last November of 2021, we decided to do a hackathon in December. And so this is pretty much what came out of that hackathon. Um, so the opportunity here is, um, 
you know, merging blockchain and augmented augmented reality. And for brands, uh, you know, we offer a platform where they can generate revenue, uh, drive foot traffic. And then for Web3 users and gamers, um, you know, we've got to play to earn aspects. So the market size, um, this is our market cap, Sam, Sam, and Time. Um, right now, there's a huge opportunity with luxury brands selling luxury NFTs. Um, so we've got a lot of competition there. Also, it's a huge market, $430 billion uh, for digital assets, video games, and sneaker collectors, and um, as well as just generating marketplace value. So the sneaker hunt system essentially allows sneakerheads to collect digital replicas of sneakers in real life. So it's an AR gaming platform for the culture. And, um, you know, we've got generated, we've got generative NFTs um, that are based off of our sneaker create algorithm that generates uh, the NFTs that you, that you purchase as blanks, and then you can import them into the game for customization. Um, so this is a customization module. You basically can import in your NFT like I mentioned, and then you can start looking for the different pieces. So you're, you're looking for laces. Let's see where it is. It's logo, laces, upper, vamp, panels, sole, and the serial number. So these are um, our early adopter artists, influencers. These are different um, sneaker customizations that our influencers uh, gave input on designs. So our business model is um, NFT sales, token appreciations from primary drops, secondary trading, and token sales. Our tokenomics is 75% community, 20% for the company, 5% to investors. And um, the personalized branding aspect for the sneakers I mentioned in the prior slide is for the customization op opportunities for brands and influencers to bridge into Web3 through um, sneaker culture and gamification. And the digital reselling, um, so that's kind of our secret sauce, the direct sale of 3D printed NFT sneakers. Uh, we've partnered actually here with um, a community organization in Detroit that's STEM focused, and they actually um, have the 3D printers and um, we're looking to form partnerships with um, 3D companies, 3D printer companies. So I've got a patent pending for um, system and method for digital fashion asset through the blockchain. Um, you can check out the the patent and trademark so forth. So that's a bit, little bit of the business behind the scenes. Um, this is our cost of goods sold for the 3D printer purchase. Um, that can be offset, like I mentioned prior to um, to that being with a um, 3D printer company partnership. Also, same thing for the 3D printer filament. Um, I have a more detailed uh, financials. If anybody's interested, like you mentioned, you know, from a v VC firm or angel investor, I can provide uh, more detailed financials and projections. So funding requirements, um, you know, we're raising 2.5 million and um, our valuation is 25 million post money. So these are some of our targeted investors and uh, revenue milestone goals. And these are based upon um, sales revenue from our first drop on 
on Ethereum, but we're doing a relaunch on Ethereum 2 coming up in this um, quarter 2023. So the traction and team behind Secret Credit, um, I'm pretty much the brainchild between um, 360 NFT and Secret Credit. So um, Secret Credit was my first venture. Um, and these are the, the beta test metrics. Uh, we made 30 ETH in direct sales, 15 ETH in secondary trading. Like I mentioned before, it was a whole bidding war going on. And then um, obviously 2.5% royalty on commission sales. Um, and then 360 NFT, it's, um, it's a marketplace that we built out. Um, right now we're in invite-only mode, still, you know, taking in beta testers and, um, you know, getting the kinks out and everything like that. But if you can go and check it out, it's actually launched on scale. So we're on scales V2 uh, NFT hub. So that's uh, similar to Polygon and some of the other layer twos, um, the transactions are, are very minimal. Transaction fees are very, uh, you know, almost nascent. So um, you don't really have to worry about, oh, you know, how much is gas fees going to be? But um, those are the metrics there. Um, and then some more traction behind urban electronics games. They've done um, Tontachi, which is a super popular game. Uh from Japan and um, got backing from Niantic and Anamoka Brands. So Sneaker Hunt, this is a little piece of the demo. We went around New York and um, these are screenshots from the game. Um, you know, we tried to prick landmarks that people would uh, clamper to. So I think I have a video demo here I can play now. See if you can hear it. Nike's on my feet, keep my sight on complete like 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 was a video for for that and like i mentioned before if you're in new york city right now um you can actually test the game out we did those waypoints with niantic's lightship so that's what pokemon go is built upon so you can think of this as like sneaker craig go or something like that but it's 
the name of the game is Sneaker Hunt. So, yeah, um, that's pretty much the deck there. Um, I think that's amazing. And I, I think people like things that are interactive. Um, I've even been doing research in the stats as far as gamification. And even the military admits that when they're training individuals, they have much better memory retention, involvement when they're having fun in a learning environment. And I think this is a perfect application to do that. I really do. Yeah. So that's so cool that you're you're doing something so integrated and adaptive in real life. I really do think that's where this type of technology is going. Yeah, you know, I've learned to accept my role as a thought leader in the space. A lot of times I'm really early on things. Sometimes it could be a good thing and a bad thing. Um, you know, being in Web3 and NFTs and so forth before it got really popular and watching it grow now to where you see parodies on it uh on nfts on uh what was the name of that show i love to watch uh with the kids who killed kenny oh south park south park yeah they, they did a really good rendition <laughs> i thought that was pretty funny <laughs> that's kenny. so dope though what so one of the last questions that i have for you cashmere is what do you see yourself doing inside of this ecosystem once you have this brainchild at full fruition, like? Um, you know, the sky's the limit. I have so many great, um, you know, passions and motivations. Like one of the main things that got me involved in blockchain and crypto specifically is, you know, um, lack of financial inclusion. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like that's something I'm really passionate about. I actually just left Dartmouth this weekend from, this diversity conference and I met a lot of great people there. And, um, you know, one thing that is pretty cooks my noodles is that there aren't many um, black VCs that have a web three thesis. And so, um, you know, somebody like myself, who's quite accomplished, you know, I've got a track record, you know, able to execute it myself. I'm a technical founder. Um, just being able to find lead investors is a problem for, you know, Black firms like mine and my friend John's, like we're pretty much at the top of our field, top of our game, but you know, we're having to compete for scraps or like these kind of shitty deals with the devil. And, you know, I'm not down yeah. to sell my soul and I want to keep as much as my company as I can. Cause I put a lot of, you know, heart, sweat, blood, sweat, and tears in everything I do. And I'm, you know, pretty passionate about it. So I, I want to see this to the end. I, I want to make this dream of fruition and, and, and make take the steps to make it a reality. So in the future, I'll probably see myself, you know, if, if there aren't many black VCs that are willing to develop a Web3 Web thesis, then I'll probably have to just become a Web3 VC myself in the future. That's so real. You know, I've, of the venture capital chats I've been having with the individuals that I've been blessed enough to interview on here, it's that too. They noticed that, I mean, we've seen the stats, like less than 1.3% of all funding goes to individuals of color and 0.3 of that maybe goes to female founders on top of that. So trying to build out a ro more robust ecosystem to connect people to those resources, more pitch competitions, more funding, that's really what my passion is too. Like I'm in the middle of running my startup, but I really want to start being a pipeline for that kind of information because how are we going to elevate ourselves if we don't have access to capital? Point yeah, this is, 
this is one of the biggest like transformations economically that has happened probably been in the last hundred years since maybe, you know, the advantage of the locomotive machine or, you know, um, other types of technologies that have been transformative. Like this is a one time in our lives where we can make generational change happen, occur in one generation, you know, but the thing exactly. is, is that financial inclusion has been, you know, either burned down all our towns that, you know, were progressive that could have been our Wells Fargo's or our different companies that can invest in funds of that nature, like Bank of America does, um, you know, but with the redlining, you know, from Web 2 or just traditional finance, you know, it's similar things I'm starting to notice that are coming in the blockchain space. And, and that's starting to cook my noodle because this is supposed to have been the one place that we can actually, you know, come and build and have a, a fair shot. So, you know, I think I think we have to cut our slice out and preserve that slice and, you know, ensure that folks like the the builders amongst us can can keep building out our own GDP to be competitive with the, the other nations of folks out there. I agree. I agree 10 million percent. So my personal pledge, I'm every like third person I interview, I'm pledging for that to be a VC and or venture like an angel investor because. That's a passion of mine. As I go to these events, that's the people I reach out to. Um, the next VC that I'm interviewing on October 4th at 7 p.m. is Tanaka Tava. Really amazing young man I met in Portugal, black gentleman. And we're going to have that conversation, too, just about capital and funding. So Yeah, you know, because a lot of times we make do with a lot less, a, a hell of a lot less than other founders who are given you know, runway to just run it into the ground. And a lot of times they don't even produce a fifth of what we produce underneath stress and duress and lack of capital access. So, you know, black founders, you know, we return two times as much as our counterparts, yet we're, you know, severely underfunded. And a lot of times, even when we're self-funded, we're still running well less than a lot of the powder that you know, other firms are allowed to have to operate. So it, it it does affect us because we can't be as competitive. We can't be as aggressive in our growth strategies and a lot of other things that we want to take advantage of, you know, in order to reserve uh, runway for us to, to maintain survival. And a lot of times, you know, people run out of powder and that's it. It just, that's just the way things are. So I'm looking for those things to change and allowing our, our ideas and creativity to, to lead the way and us getting paid to lead the way and getting those checks is one of the ways that keeps us motivated and keeps us, um, you know, ready to keep grinding and building. So that yeah. that's something I'm extremely passionate about. I'm, I'm so glad that you said that because these conversations need to be had in front of an audience so we can actually make a change or a difference or at least bring highlight to a potential. Oh issue. yeah. I'm not setting up about this. I'm naming names. I'm going to be speaking out about, you know, VCs that, you know, do unconscionable things also. And, um, people who waste our time or, um, go through a deal and then, uh, pull out at the last moment in the deal room mm -hmm. after the term she's been negotiated. Um, not quite sure of other, uh, founders or, or uh, experiencing the goalposts being constantly moved on them. Um, and I'm not, I'm not quite sure if that's happening across the board. You know what? I'm not privy to all of that, but I am aware of some of that. So yeah. I wouldn't 
put it past just, for that to be the case. I'm going to talk about it because, you know, I'm tired of just holding things in and, you know, playing good good cop, bad cop. But, you know, something needs to be done. So we got to start talking about it and sharing our stories. Yes. Are you going to culture shifting weekend in Miami? Um, you know, I, I pretty much only go to things that are covered. So if <laughs> if somebody wants to reach out and, and sponsor my trip or uh, bring me out there, I'm, I'm totally willing to go. Good deal. That might be worth um, looking into because that's a uh, for people of color venture capital summit. And I think that's October 13th through 16th, if I'm not mistaken. They have one in Miami and then one in London the following month. But I know that that's definitely a source. And they, they're looking for people who are post phase A. So I'm not quite there yet. I'm still like precede. So, but that yeah. might be a good fit for you as well. Yeah, thanks. I'll take a look. I'll take a look at it. But I think this was such an insightful conversation. Um, I'm grateful for all that you do. It's honorable that somebody can look to you and say, I can aspire to be that technically skilled or I can be that free forming with my thoughts that I can literally create whatever's in my mind. So please keep doing the work that you're doing. I know that it might be unsung most of the time, but it is seen. I see you if no one else. And thanks. I'm grateful you took time out of your day to come chat with me. No, uh, thanks for um, you know, staying with it. I, I have been dealing with some family emergencies and uh I'm glad I was able to come on. I'm grateful that even throughout that you still make it and I'm praying for the speedy, healthy recovery of everyone involved. But Thanks thank you so much, Casimir. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Yep. Have a great one. You too. Bye-bye.